Hello everyone, I'm Soma Mazumdar. And I'm Orut Semsarzadeh. And welcome to Kanban Lab Podcast. In each episode, we'll pick a common question and dive into a different aspect of Kanban, exploring its principles, practices, and applications, and answering that question. Our goal in this podcast is to demystify Kanban and help listeners understand how it can benefit their teams and organizations through addressing the common misconceptions, clarifying concepts, and answering questions about Kanban. Hi, Arun. Hi, Soma. How are you? I'm going well. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Today, it's a very nice day in Melbourne. How is the weather in Sydney? Um, it's sunny. It's it's good. It's sunny. But I also have uh, just watched the news that bushfire alert in Victoria. What's happening? Is everything okay? Uh, I don't know. I've never heard anything. But we always have bushfire uh, during spring and summer. So, well, yeah, I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. But hopefully people just you know just make sure that they look after the environment and don't oh, i don't know don't make fires when it's too hot that's true and it's a public holiday in sydney today. Yeah. yes yes it is uh and we are still working isn't that a good dedication <laughs> towards our listeners our audience absolutely so it's not a public holiday in victoria then mm-hmm. but well, it was public holiday uh, on, on friday, friday. Yes, yes, grand final. Yes, All right. Yeah. Good. Uh, Should we start? Yes, let's let's anything start. anything you heard recently about Canada? Yes, yeah, nice. So let's talk about this. So I did hear that you know, like some people think that if you are practicing Kanban, you can increase uh the throughput, the utilization of the team. What mm-hmm. do you think about that? But let's start with whether it's a myth or a fact. Uh, so Kanban increases people utilization. Uh, yes. I think that's uh, that's a myth for sure. Um, and I like to talk a little bit about one of the most uh, well-known Kanban practices, which is limiting the working progress. Uh, so as you know, we use we limit the number of work in progress for a reason, and that's mm. because we want to make sure that people focus on the work that they already started before start something else. Yes. So I think David Anderson said, uh, "Stop starting and start finishing." Mm. So by adding this whip limit, uh, you basically stop people to context switch so it helps them to focus on the work that they started get it out of the way and then start a new work and interestingly most people complain about this with limit because uh, it's very common that developer for example reach their whip limit and uh, they want to start something else And uh, whip limit says that you already have a lot because either you blocked or you're waiting for someone else to review your code and stuff like that. And they don't want that. Um, So I personally had different experience with whip limit. Uh, Mm -hmm. To me, 
whip limit not only increase teams and people or individual utilization yeah but give them some free time because uh you know you reach the limit you're not supposed to start something else but you have some capacity and then the question is all right how you can utilize this time to improve the system right if we want to make sure every 100 person uh, utilize and start coding or testing or you know the day-to-day job they don't have time to think about what they can do to improve the system maybe you can start you can use this time to write some unit tests write some test automation or help the ba or start doing some sort of investigation and you know these kind of thing rather than uh just just code 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 does that make sense Mm. well yeah that's true and it is not only applicable for developers i think it's applicable for everyone when we are too busy we often miss to see that where can we do things differently in order to optimize the system or make it better. So that is totally true. And also the context switching that you mentioned earlier is so true because I believe in almost all the organization, everyone is trying to 100% utilize the people mm-hmm. because we are still in that era where we are calling, referring people as resources, mm-hmm. but people, who can actually do knowledge work. They are so much more than just resources. So this is another thing I believe that Kanban tries to focus on, where it's not only about 100% utilizing someone, it's about getting the full value. Mm -hmm. And sometimes knowledge work is not about, you know, the hours you put in. It's so much more than that. So for example, like we often have seen, especially, you know, like if you have been a Scrum Master, which you have, I know, same for me, where we were like scrum mastering a team, two teams, we would see that, okay, after the sprint planning, people would just drag all the things they are doing in their in progress. So mm-hmm. at, the, at the same time, they are trying to focus on more than two to three things. Because mm-hmm. in their mind, it's like, how many things I can start, I will finish it, you know, as soon as possible. That's, yeah. that's, that's the biggest myth I have ever seen. So multitasking is a myth. I know that we all claim that we can multitask, but I I cannot at all. So if I'm focusing on one thing, that's where my 100% focus is. And also, it's not about the context switching only. It's also about getting in the state of flow. Mm-hmm. Zen. You know, like when you are focusing on something, you reach a state where you know automatically what needs to happen, the next steps. And that's yeah. the most beautiful and the powerful step. And when you are context switching, when you are trying to just utilize the capacity, you miss all of that. Sometimes you just have to just cut corners because you're trying to deliver something out of your way. Instead of thinking of the most, you know, like amazing creative solution, you would be mm-hmm. like, okay, this is the least we can do to get by. Let's just do that. So yeah. when we try to just reach that, it we are actually getting so much less than what we can so i believe that you know in order to utilize people through kanban that's that's a myth but also this is hampering more than we can even think of Mm -hmm. all right so if kanban doesn't increase people utilization 
and uh, we use whip limit to in fact mini uh, or limit the number of work and give them some free time to optimize the system and help other people or learn anything new is there anything else that kanban uh, tries to do to not just utilize the people but uh, help the system to improve yeah I th that's that's the best benefit right that Kanban can give you because you are trying to smoothen the flow of the work in your system so mm -hmm. your your focus is customer here you mm -hmm. are trying to deliver the best service you can to your customer at the earliest possible so when you are doing that it's it's about you know like the flow state of flow the practice flow and you are leveraging many other general practices as well. Like you are leveraging the visualization. You're trying mm -hmm. to find out that where are the bottlenecks in the system? What's actually delaying us to deliver our best to our customer? So you are limiting WIP. Mm -hmm. You are trying to find out that, okay, let's focus on few things instead of like many things. And let's just deliver those at the best we can. So when you are doing that, the... I would say it's it's more like a side effect that you yeah. are getting the best of people, you know, coming together with creative solution. Yeah. So that's not the main focus. The main focus are different in Kanban. What do you think? No, absolutely. So you mentioned that uh, people need time to focus to finish the works, uh, you know, as soon as possible with the quality that customer expected. And also you mentioned that uh, in Kanban, we always look at our customer and make sure to deliver something valuable to the customer. And mm -hmm. we use whip limit and visualization. Another thing I'd like to a little bit uh, talk about it and hopefully clarify, because it doesn't matter how much we say that don't keep people utilize 100%, still uh, management, um, they want to make sure that everyone you know, busy and utilized all the time because they use cost accounting, they have timesheet and they pay people by hour. So they want, you know, if they want, if they pay me, I don't know, eight hours a day, they want me to fill the timesheet for eight hours, right? Uh, I like to talk a little bit about when management resists and say, okay, this whip limit, yes, I understand it rich you know, you reach the whip limit, but I still want this person to code. I don't want him to do anything else. So what do you think we can do or what Kanban can offer to get back to these people, managers, and say, we utilize these people, but still nothing done as customer point of view. Is there exactly. anything, you know, you can think of that Kanban offer? So one of the experiments that really happened in one of the places that I was working is that by limiting whip, you are delivering more than you thought. So mm -hmm. I would give you the scenario now, just imagine, you know, like what each, the team had like 12 people and each one of them had like more than five things in progress. So it would be like, you know, 50 to 55 items in progress. Yep. And it would always miss the scrum, like the sprint deadline. So they couldn't finish it, of course. Like when you are trying to do so many things at once, it becomes really sometimes unmanageable. 
and we just had an experiment where I, I was like okay let's try to focus on two things I'm not asking mm -hmm. you to focus on one thing at a time I know it would be too much because not only management I believe even the team members would resist when you're trying to ask them to like implement or embed implement in their team because the first thing is that how is it even possible you are asking me to work less what do I tell my manager so uh when they did that and I, I asked them like let's try it only for a month mm -hmm. and see that how how many things can you deliver so by doing that they could actually deliver more than what they did before and the only thing that changed was that their focus so mm -hmm. We often forget this, like when we have things in, in progress, even though we are not actively looking at that, our mind is actually always stressing about the things. And this is human psychology, right? Like we know that we have to get it to that, but we mm -hmm. cannot do it now. So we cannot focus on the things at hand, but also we are trying to divide our attention on the things that's like on our backlog, like in progress. So this is a very simple technique and have a goal. Like if your web limit at the moment is like say six or seven, try to just half it and see what's the result you get. So that's one thing that people mm -hmm. can always try. And in that, I don't think that we have to even go back to the management because nothing is changing. The SLAs are not changing of when they need to be delivered. It's just a yeah. small experiment that people can do within their team to see that, okay, what's the time of the, delivery mm -hmm. if that happens no good so one one of the kanban metric is lead time probably yes. the key metrics in kanban is lead time so i'd like to very quickly talk about flow efficiency and how we can use flow efficiency to have some data to get yeah. back to the team or management and have something to support what we're talking about right because mm. It doesn't matter what we say, we need to have something to show the people, right? Yes. And we need to have some fact. And flow efficiency, it's a really good one. So when you look at the lead time, which is from start until end, hmm. normally there are two types of time spent on the lead time. One, it's called process time or active time or value adding time. This is the yeah. time that someone actively work on the job so for example a developer coding or tester is testing or someone is deploying or whatever actually mm. actively working on the piece of work but there is another type of time spent on the lead time it's called waiting time or non-value adding time yeah which is the time that work is ready for someone else to start working on that. So for example, developer finished the work and then it's, he's waiting for someone else to deploy the code, right? And normally when we look at the lead time, easily around 40% based on my experience is just waiting time. In lots of scenario and cases, this waiting time, it's even much more than that. And I remember uh, I've read some somewhere that in Kanban community, something around 10% uh, flow efficiency, it's quite common, which means 90% is weight. Fortunately, yeah. I never experienced something like that. Based on my experience, around 40% is waste and the flow mm -hmm. efficiency is 60%. So just to give a very simple example, you know, 
may hopefully make sense to people. If you look at your lead time, which is what customers see. So for example, customers say, I raised the request and I received or my problem solved within 20 days. So I was mm. waiting to for this part for 20 days. And this is the lead time. When you talk to developer, developer say, oh, I spent three days coding. Tester, one day testing, right? So this four days is our active time. And what happened? So why it took 20 days? This uh -huh. 16 days here was the waiting time. Developer finished, two days waiting for someone to review the code. Five days until someone to deploy the code. Maybe uh -huh. a week until it deployed to production and customer actually impacted and so that the problem actually resolved. Yeah. So by focusing on lead time and flow efficiency, I think you have a fact to go back to management and say, it doesn't matter how busy the ORD or the developer is, or uh, you ask developer to work after hours and keep mm. developers or testers 100% utilized, you have, I don't know, 60%, 50% waste in your system. Yeah. So maybe rather than you push your knowledge work to just pull new work and start coding or testing or, you know, analyzing or whatever, maybe you can train these people to learn how they can start working on automation and uh, CICD, you know, this kind of stuff. And I understand because I have software background. So all of my, all, you know, example come from software industry and IT, but that can probably applicable to any type of any, industry. Yes. Um, but this is a really good uh, metric and a good fact that you can use it to support uh, you know, the whip limit and visualization and all those yeah. kind of things to optimize the flow of the mm -hmm. work. And most of the time, just utilize people. Yeah. Yes, sorry. And you know, like what the example that you have given, most of the time people face those delays. Like, for example, let's say peer review, something is stuck there two days for peer review because mm -hmm. the other person is so busy doing so many things at once that they couldn't pick up this one. And it's it's a very like I would say you have said something really valuable that customer actually cares about the lead time, how much time they are waiting to get their service back or like the product back. They don't care about the throughput or like how much, you know, the per person is being utilized because that's not their worry. And this is where when we, I believe that it's a, Kanban can help you to think or shift your thinking towards more customer centricity. Mm -hmm. instead of that you know just trying to get you know like money for each person kind of thinking so that's where I think that we all should be going and this metric the flow efficiency can be really helpful but yeah. also remember if people are busy doing a lot of things they could never even help each other to you know care for the customer so that's that's really important to understand yeah so I just wanted to make a comment on what you said management think about customer what mm. they don't really think is the waste in the system so mm. they think by asking people to work harder 
and even stay after hour, they can deliver the work sooner to the customer. Mm. But what we try to do by flow efficiency is to show them that there are 50, 60% waste in your system. And it doesn't matter if how much you force people to work harder, still nothing leave the system, still nothing deploy to production mm -hmm. and customer mm -hmm. won't see the changes. Yeah. All right. Um, so just to summarized um i think today we talk about uh one of the kanban myth and which was kanban uh wants to increase people utilization yeah. and we talk about uh kanban in fact try to give some slack time or free time to people by adding the whip limit and visualizing the work and workflow and of course using uh, lead time and flow efficiency to encourage businesses and uh, knowledge worker to think what they can do to increase uh, the throughput or outcome and improve the system by reducing the waste. Yeah. Did I summarize what we talked today? Yeah. Soma, is there anything I, I, else you yes, want to add? Yes, and uh, what you said about the the software one, I'm just going to say it for all the non-software teams as well. So if you are in a team, if you are always busy, you can never think of improving the process. So mm -hmm. let's say you are just like, you know, you're you are in a team of a market marketing campaigns. Mm -hmm. That's what you do. If you're always delivering marketing campaigns, you can never think of how can you deliver them better which one is more beneficial to your customer. So you need that time. That's why the whip limit is really important. Reduce context switching. That's going to help you to gain more at the end. All right. Perfect. Thanks, Soma. And thanks, everyone, Thank for listening and now watching us. Please make <laughs> sure to subscribe. And uh, we'll come back next week. Thanks, Soma. Thanks, Aura. Thank you, everyone.